oh man, I've been listening to maybe the best thing to come out of Canada uh, lately, and it's not. I already know what you're going to say. It's not. CCO Nation. (laughs) Well, yes, actually. I've been listening to a lot of CCO. I was going to say it's not recordings of your voice, which I have been listening to. And I've been listening to a lot of Commander Cookout. Uh, But no, I was listening to a lot of Bare Naked Ladies today. Oh, nice. It's just, uh, you know, it's getting to be spring out, I say, as we are faced with an impending snowstorm tomorrow night. Right. Uh, just to date this episode. <laughs> uh, just to push the, push the whole Canada, the whole Canada Yeah, content. right? The Great White. Uh, it was interesting, too. I, I was watching somebody... There, there are so many people out there from Canada. Did you know? <laughs> uh, <laughs> I was watching somebody on Twitch the other day, and I was like, oh, they're from Canada. And then I was, I mean, I watch a lot of Loading Ready Run as well. Sure. They're from Canada. Uh, Two of them are actually from my hometown. Wow. Yeah. Um, there are a lot of, uh, a lot of commander podcasts from Canada as well. It's amazing. Yeah. Uh, or not even just commander. Yeah. I guess magic podcasts in general. Um, yeah. I know the Spike Feeders are from yeah. Canada. Uh, Spike Feeders out of Winnipeg. That's where I went to law school. Couldn't tell you where that is. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Most people who don't live in uh, who don't live in Canada or Minnesota would not be able to tell you where Winnipeg. You know, is. I was going to say is Winnipeg in like the middle of the country, and apparently, if you're comparing it to Minnesota, yes, smack dab. Uh, all of this to say, nothing to do with the episode. Uh, <laughs> I I was. What are you talking about? The episode is about upgrades. We all, Being Canadian is just a straight is a straight upgrade. Two questions. Yep. One, can you adopt me? Second question, before you even answer, can we move back to Canada? I don't know if I can adopt you, but we can we can see what we can do about the citizenship. But uh no, I was listening to some Commander Cookout and I was like, oh man, just the beginning of that episode, just so sweet, so succinct, so to the point, uh, and now I'm dragging it out there you because go. uh energy. <laughs> Let me sip on my coffee while we Throw it to our theme song. You want you wanna you wanna do the the, the Brando? Hit our theme song! <laughs> Welcome to Temple of Fallspot, where decks are not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. Uh, today, we're talking about upgrades, uh, as you probably heard. Um, you know, we're, we're, we're deep. We're, we're deep into our sixth season. And uh, this season, because it's the sixth season, we wanted to talk a lot about 60-card decks. But I feel like this topic, of all the topics... Uh, this season is very honed. I mean, not honed. The opposite, broad, broad yeah. enough that it uh, of all of all the episodes, this this is the one that is EDH relevant yeah. as well. I mean, I mean, all of them have been right, except for maybe the cat episode. But we're talking about upgrades, and I mean that 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 is just as valid for virtually any casual deck. So whether you're playing sixty card, whether you're playing commander or any other format in between mm-hmm. the up- upgrades are something that either happen for you all the time or, or at least for some people don't <laughs> don't happen at all mm. um 
you know, we're 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 coming into the next deck tale, uh, where I'll be presenting yep. a brand new sixty card deck that has never been talked about before on this show. Well, except for the past couple episodes. Anyway, <laughs> uh, you know, I, I've played a few games with it, and I've been taking cards in and out, and I right. uh, figured this would be a great way to focus in on that and uh, really think about what what are what are decks doing here. So uh, the way I see it, there's a handful of reasons you would upgrade a deck. Uh, I have three written. We may come across more. The first and most obvious uh, is that the deck isn't doing exactly what you want it to do, Um, whether it's because it doesn't have enough of that engine that you want get going, or uh, you aren't protecting yourself enough, so then you die before you ever get to your destination. The deck doesn't do. It, do, it don't do it deck. It don't do. Don't, yeah. don't do dot deck. Uh, yeah. Which, I mean, we've all been there. Uh, you get focused in on uh, either trying to make it more well-rounded or uh, too focused in on X, and it becomes one-dimensional. Uh, how, how, do you, how do you know? How do you know when, uh, when your deck is that way? Um, okay, so the trick... The difficulty for me with this mm-hmm. is that I play once a week. Oh, yeah. Uh, so if you figure that I'm playing, say, three games a week, and I have 16 commander decks and <laughs> another 16 60-card decks... And that's a lucky week to get three games in. It is. Um, but it means that like, I'm not... Unless there's something very obviously wrong with the deck. Mm-hmm. Like I have made a fundamental error when building, and that has happened. Um, where you play one game, and it becomes evident that there is a serious flaw, then yeah, I'm looking at I'm looking at upgrade. Uh, however, I would almost I would almost suggest that that's not really even an upgrade at that point because at that point it's that's a rebuild, right? You know, I'm I'm going to take that deck after the game. I'm going to spread it out on the table, sort it according to where it need you know each of the categories that I had listed, figure out what I'm missing, and fix that. Yeah. So that's less of an upgrade and a lot more of a rebuild. But um, as far as... Yeah, I would argue that they are, you know, one in the same, especially in this case where, I mean, if you're dealing with a 60-card deck, uh, every card difference is a higher percentage than if you're dealing with a 100-card deck. Right. so the more cards you change, the higher percentage you're changing it. Um, the 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 thing I I think of when I'm like, oh, like what do I need to change about this deck? And they're like, why isn't it doing X? Why isn't it doing deck? Um, uh, <laughs> uh, I heard it when I said it, and I'm gonna keep it. Okay. <laughs> We're gonna run with that. It's gonna do deck. Uh, <laughs> So if the deck's, like, really not doing deck, um, and, like, you can tell from one play, then, yeah, I mean, it's going to be a higher percentage regardless of if you are playing a 60 or 100. Right. Um, and for it to be a one-game thing, uh, it's got to be real bad. Uh, yeah. But I think with with... 
With 60 card decks, I feel like it's a little bit more nuanced than 100 card decks. Uh, yes and no. Um, a lot of times I find with, the, with, with 60 card decks, at least some of them, there's very much a, a singular focus. Mm-hmm. You want to do this thing, and that's the thing that the deck does. And it's not a case of, oh, I forgot to put in removal. It's a case of, no, this deck does the thing. Mm-hmm. We don't do the removal. We do the thing. <laughs> so as long as the deck does the thing, then the fact that you know you got blown out last game because you weren't able to stop whatever it was that they were doing or they did it faster or uh, something happened and it just, you know, your deck couldn't respond to their deck, but your deck wasn't built to respond to their deck because it's 60 cards and it does the thing. Right. Then you can you can change your deck you can upgrade to make that work but in doing so you're really taking away from the thing so for decks that are that focused you really are just looking at okay so if that blows me out how can i make doing the thing more effective whether it's faster or bigger and you focus on your theme even more yeah um but that becomes obvious I find that becomes obvious faster. I think with some of the 60 card decks that I run, um, you you under you understand when it needs the upgrade quickly. Um, yeah. The joy, the joy, and I guess the the difficulty with a with a commander deck is the deck does play differently every time. So if I get blown out, and I say, boy, you know, I think I need I need more card draw. Mm-hmm. If I had more card draw, I wouldn't have got blown out. It's usually my issue. <laughs> right. But then I go back into the deck and I say, but I think I have enough card draw. So did I just not draw enough for that game? In other words, is my sample size too small? Right. And with Commander, and especially, as I just said, I've got 16 decks and I just don't get around to playing them all that often. A lot of times the sample size is too small, but you're just going to have to run with that. It's like, mm. okay, so do I feel like that's not enough? So it becomes a situation where where you feel like where you're running on feel. Yeah. And it's interesting too so. because like I mean, you know, we've kind of alluded to this, but yeah. it is impossible to tell after one game. Um unless you know that you built it wrong. Right. Um and that's only because you shuffle a deck you know, X amount of times, it's going to have infinite possibilities. I exaggerating, obviously, yeah. but um, it, the the game is about about statistics, statistical chance of, right. of drawing X card, and there is never a one hundred percent possibility that you will always draw the amount of lands you need the card that you need at the right time right there's always going to be something uh, you get too much of and something you don't get enough right. of it's just a matter of trying to figure out when that's happening too often <laughs> right so you know you take a look at it and look back look back at what you've got and say to yourself okay i have this many ways to do what i what i'm trying to do is that enough did I just get hosed this game? Right. And I just need to shuffle up and play the next game and it'll be fine. Yeah. Or do I genuinely need to upgrade that particular spot, slot? 
Yeah. And I think, too, like, I I bought both of the Crimson Vow Commander decks. Mm-hmm. I've yet to play the, the Rakdos one, but the, the Azorius one, the Azorius Spirits. It is very solid. It, it does a thing very well. Um, I've played it once, and uh, knowing generally how these decks are built, right? they do fine. They mm-hmm. they have the things that you need in a fair amount. The structure of it is exactly what you'd want for the price point. Um, and you know, I came out of the gates swinging. I I I had a god draw, and I I I was like, you know what? It's early game. I'm gonna do it. I'm gonna do the thing. I I think I had like thirty spirits out and turn five or six, and right. uh, somebody wrapped the board. And mm-hmm. by that point, I had two cards in hand. They were both lands, and I could not come back from it. I mean, uh, that commander, she uh, she costs less with reference to how many spirits you control okay, on yeah. board. Um, so if all of your spirit tokens are gone and right. never coming back, uh, then after the third time that you've played her, uh, you know she she already costs seven. Uh, so, you know, she's going to cost 13 or so. Uh, and, you know, it's easy the first two times when you have those spirits on board and people are using direct uh, targeted removal. Right. Um, all of this to say, just because I have two lands and the next six turns I'm just drawing, you know, things that aren't sure. helping me build my board back doesn't mean that that deck isn't built improperly doesn't mean that dex doesn't work uh it did its thing i overextended my board people somebody wrathed the board and i didn't draw into a way to rebuild it uh i played it once so i have no idea if that's the norm um I don't know if it's just the way that I played it. If I had, you know, held back a little, maybe somebody would have waited a couple more turns to rat the board. There's all, there's so many... I'm gesturing wildly yeah. with my hands. Uh, there's so many uh, variables that, yeah. that you could take into account, and obviously one of them is the way you play. And yes, the way you play should impact the the card choices for each slot um but i think overall um you know the other decks that you play against are important mm-hmm. um and so just because your deck didn't do a th- the thing didn't do deck uh once doesn't mean that it's not going to do deck every time right um <clears throat> something else to keep in mind mm-hmm. i mean you mentioned the pre-con yeah and the first thing that popped into my head was there are so many easy ways to do a quick upgrade on the pre-con. Yeah. The trick is, should you, with the, pre- <laughs> with the pre-con? Because so much of the upgrade, or whether or not you're going to upgrade, is going to be dependent on your playgroup. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I have a handful of decks that could be upgraded. I mean, most of my decks could be upgraded. But there's no reason to yet. Right. So. Um, And I think, like, even beyond that, like, you know, using Precon still as the example. Yeah. um, They've just been getting more powerful. 
generally more efficient um, as the the format has been leaning toward right. uh, as time goes on. Um, obviously, you know, the land base is suboptimal. Mm-hmm. Uh, but generally, they do some some wild things right because well like for our group mm-hmm. um uh, an unaltered precon easily holds its own with our group oh absolutely that's generally where our power level is um and so if i was to 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 make any changes to that deck it's probably just going to be the land yeah the land maybe there's a hand maybe there's a couple of cards that would you know improve the draws or improve the you know improve the ramp but yeah for the most part that's it i'm not looking to improve what the deck actually does and i think that brings me brings us beautifully into my second point of uh sometimes the deck does things that you don't want it to do um for instance kind of sticking to precons uh we both have played the red white Ozgear deck. Yeah. That thing's a beast. Yeah. That thing's a powerhouse. And our meta doesn't generally deal with a lot of graveyard hate. I think that overall in Commander, it is a thing that people are talking more and more about. So it, I think it will make its way through, kind of like with the past couple of years with Enchantment mm-hmm. removal. Um, so Ozgear is kind of based around this idea of taking things out of your graveyard especially artifacts um which another thing that our our meta doesn't generally deal well with is is artifact removal um so those two things obviously the deck isn't a great fit for our meta but it it is a blast to play yeah you play it again and again and again people are start gonna are gonna start to you know focus on you turn one um and that is the the next point of like like it is too powerful for a meta a certain meta mm-hmm. it is kind of pushing the boundaries for our meta sometimes I know that there are some people in our our, our play group that have stronger decks just based on how they build yeah um, and so like sometimes it is nice to have that uh, but with the Ozgear precon specifically um, to make upgrades to that maybe to be to like change out some of the artifacts that you're pulling out of the graveyard you know we've got a triplicate yeah. titan where it like when it dies you get three three threes right um, and to recur that again and again and again is pulling a nine nine out of the graveyard and then it leaves three three threes yeah. behind that's a lot um, maybe you can bring it down to meteor golem or something like there's there's Options. You shrink it down to worm coil. Oh yeah, yeah. yeah. You know something, something yeah. less less offensive. You know, uh, there's no black. In, wait, is worm coil engine black? No, no. Uh, <laughs> Just feels that way, right? It's the death touch. Uh, but like, I, I, I'm circling around the point that I've already made, uh, and I don't know where to go beyond it. But it is uh, that sometimes your deck is just too powerful for yourself, and uh, it it paints a target on you too quickly. Um, so to upgrade it is to downgrade it, right? <laughs> um, yeah. Um, I tend to look at decks that 
um, that play like that where they come out gangbusters. Once I played it once and recognized that that's kind of how it runs, then I tend to let it go and rein it in much earlier than I would otherwise. Mm-hmm. Sort of, okay, I've got two more cards that I should be following up on this because that would just take things off to, you know, into the next level. But I just, I don't do it because I'm counting on or I'm expecting that I'm already going to be leaning towards being the target of the table. So why play the cards, get hammered, and essentially be throwing those cards away when I can hold them in my hand, have enough of a threat on the board that people still have to have to deal with it, but I'm also not seen as the only threat on the board. <laughs> Let them deal with what's there, knowing I've got something in reserve, and then I can follow it up. So <clears throat> that becomes more of a an upgrade to my play style as opposed to an upgrade to my upgrade to the deck itself. So yeah, um, yeah, and I think that uh, there's so much. There's so much. There's so much yeah. to think about when taking your deck to the next step mm-hmm. uh, because I mean the first time you play it it's going to be either like either you've been building solid decks for years and uh, you know that it can carry itself for the next couple of years until you disassemble it or uh, you're just like everybody else and fine at building decks and you need to make some upgrades uh whether your meta has changed or whether uh, it just wasn't good to begin with. Uh, Or, like I said, maybe it was too good. Uh, But all of that said, uh, we need to take a break. When we come back, we'll have our thoughts on, you know, the things we've touched on uh, and some new things. So we'll be right back. Uh, Take it away, uh, ad reader Andy. This temple of the false pod is brought to you by uh, cracking a booster of Commander Legends and pulling that sweet duel that you've always wanted for your deck but could never shell out the money for. So you bought a box for $120 instead of just the land itself. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you by. Um, uh, mm. This episode of Temple of False Pod is brought to you. Mm. This episode of Temple of the False God. Mm. Upgrades. Upgrades. This episode of Temple of False Pod is in desperate need of an upgrade. To me. <laughs> Back to you, Andy. Cool. Let's do it. Thanks, uh, ad readers Andy and Bruce. Hey, hey. Uh, you did such a good job. You deserve a gold star. Both of you. Uh, where were we? We're talking about upgrades, of course. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we've talked about two reasons why we would want an upgrade. One, uh, your deck is not doing deck. And two, your deck is doing a different deck. Uh, things that you don't want it to do. So whether it's too powerful... Uh, for your meta, or just generally it's doing a thing that you didn't realize it could do, and you're like, eh, I don't want that to happen. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know why I'm just thinking of the color blue, uh, but, you know, 
I'm sure it fits in there somewhere. Uh, <laughs> uh, there are a few other reasons that you'd want an upgrade or a downgrade. And uh, the first thing that I can think of is new tech. So like new cards, new yeah. uh, mechanics. Maybe you're like, oh, mm-hmm. this this mechanic would work really well in this deck. Um, I mean, for me, uh, Grenzo and Bruticlad oh, are yeah. the two most obvious examples in my decks Mm -hmm. Uh, buzzbark as well to some extent but whenever whenever there is a card that says that references the bottom of the library Hmm. i'm immediately looking at it to determine how that's going to work um so it's uh um i mean with the uh the recent release of neon uh neon dynasty um we've got an upgrade for grenzo it's uh rado sentinel uh, essentially, uh, take your Rito Lantern and make it a creature. Give it so, some legs. Give it some legs. Some uh, three, three legs. Yeah, it's a three, three for three mana with Defender. So don't get too crazy. But uh, when uh, Rito Sentinel enters the battlefield, target target player mills three cards. Now, that's really neither here nor there. Um, I have a number of ways to take cards from my graveyard, mm-hmm. put them onto the bottom of the library. So that's like I'm likely going to be targeting myself in this situation. Um, however, uh, it also says for three, put target card from a graveyard on the bottom of its owner's library. So you see where the mill and everything else all works real well with uh, with the Sentinel. Um, and if you have no idea what you're we're talking about, right. Grenzo. Feel free to go back. We have an episode, a deck tale, right. uh, about Grenzo, and it's. Maybe the best, because Grenzo's the best. Just for a a quick understanding, Grenzo basically takes cards from the bottom of your library and puts them into play if they're creatures. Um, This is where the Rito Sentinel is an upgrade over the Rito Lantern, um, because the Lantern is not a creature. So if you Mm. flip the Lantern off the bottom of your deck, it just goes to your library and sits there. Mm. Uh, Or it goes to your graveyard and sits there. Um, If you flip the Sentinel... Well, it stays in play. Yeah. So, uh, and that is a significant upgrade um, for the deck. But this is, again, uh, it just adds another card that fits the theme. Right. And, I mean, yes, and, you want to be careful you don't go too crazy with that. <laughs> but at the same time, uh, this is just a perfect fit. Right. It, 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 just, it just slots in very nicely. I don't know that it really changes the power level of the deck. Maybe... Uh, a little bit better but i think it makes it more consistent sure um and i think too like the nice thing with this too is like it even gets in the niche of the fact that your grenzo deck looks for creatures power three or less yeah and it's power three or less. right um and i think beyond that too like it's nice because it's got defender so yeah. like nobody's generally super threatened by it no there's uh, always going to be other creatures that people want right. to get rid of um, um so. and i think uh it it then begs the question of, all right, you're making these upgrades. Are you taking out the thing it's re- like? Yeah. With this specifically, are you taking out Radio Lantern or are you uh, putting it as, beside it? Are you taking something right. else out that isn't seem to be working? Right. And for me, mm-hmm. um, I'm going to look at all of the cards that I have in the deck that put cards from the graveyard into the to the bottom of the library. And pick the one that I don't think is working the best. Right. Um, 
I do think that I've reached a point with the deck where I've got enough of those cards in the deck, so I don't think <laughs> I need to add another one. Yeah. So I am going to be looking to replace something, you know, a card that does, that has that same effect, but maybe isn't, but just isn't as good. Yeah. Now, maybe that is the Lantern. Uh, I haven't looked through to figure out if it is or not, but um, something along that line will be coming out. Yeah, that's like a nice like intersection too of not only are you upgrading it for new tech, but you're also upgrading it like like you're understanding the the intersection of that and uh, is is the deck too focused on this one thing? So like you know, for instance, that this deck has plenty of take from graveyard or battlefield right. put it on bottom of library you know that it has that yeah. plenty over so you know that it doesn't need to replace something else to make that uh slot the uh the if we're right. if we're looking at the nine by seven uh the 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 effect yeah. you don't need to expand more you just need to right upgrade <laughs> yeah well i feel like in, especially for that case, that deck has reached the point where yeah. I've I have that locked down. Mm-hmm. Where if I see an, a card come up, a creature with a, that has a power of three or less that fits, you know, that's black, black and or red or colorless. Mm-hmm. So in other words, it could go in the deck. I take a look at it and compare it to the other cards that are the splash, you know, the splashy part of the deck. And decide if those if that should take should take that slot, um, but I'm I'm rare. The deck has reached a point where I'm not going to like I'm not going to put the sentinel in and take something splashy out right. because I don't think I have enough of that effect. I feel like I do. The, that deck doesn't need that kind of alteration. Now, uh, other decks, the upgrade is the upgrade is is different. Like I mentioned, broody clad. That deck, I think I'm getting pretty close. To where, I mean, the deck wants to have a certain number of cards that make a lot of tokens. The deck wants to have a certain number of cards that make big token creatures, or at least figure out a way to do that. Um, I haven't quite locked in on what the correct number is for either of those. So if I find a card that I think should go in the deck, I may very well pull something out that does the opposite. So if I find something that can make you know, a copy of an opponent's creature mm-hmm. and make it a token creature, I may add that and pull out something that makes, I don't know, a dozen treasures or something like that. Right. And I think, too, with that, like, it's it's an interesting uh, point where it's like, obviously, all of these examples are deck-specific. Um, right. And it is about knowing your deck intimately because not only did you build it and, like, even if you net decked i think that like there is a point where like sure every deck could use Mm -hmm. an upgrade to an extent and i mean it it comes to the point of like where do you want to stop um and i think that uh that's a question you'll have to answer yourself because like with brutaclad you know you're reaching a point where you'll see a card every two years or so where it's like okay this needs to be in the deck right. but beyond that like the deck the, the deck runs yeah you don't need to make an upgrade literally ever again because it is exactly where you want it right that i think that's kind of 
that's kind of a big point. Yeah. Um, we're talking about upgrades. Um, but just remember, every upgrade you make, like I talk about, up, I'm talking about upgrading Rito, Rito, to Rito Sentinel. This is a small upgrade, <laughs> but every upgrade is an improvement. Yeah. At least it should be. I mean, you hope it will be in the long run. You, it may be that you've right. you found a card you think is better, you include it as your upgrade, and then later you find out, no, it's not working the way I wanted it to, or you were trying it and it, it just didn't pan out the way you thought. But if, if every card you put in makes your deck just a little bit better, at some point you have to stop and say, well, am I really trying to make it a little bit better? Right. Um, then you start looking at cards that are going to... You know, your upgrades at that point stop being about making the deck better and start being, okay, does this improve my theme? Right. Uh, like, I've I've got a handful of cards I've just ordered for the Cats and Rats deck we just talked about <laughs> in, in the not, you know, a few podcasts ago. And basically all that's happening is that I found cats that are doing things that I had other cards doing. Right. So why not add the cats? Maybe I'll find that I've got too many, and it just it's, it's, <laughs> it's making it's it's overwhelming the deck. But it's um, making my allergies act up. Right, but <laughs> as far as you don't know, tell Frankie, I'm not looking to do it to upgrade the power level. I'm doing it to upgrade the theme. Cause, right, hey, cats. Right, and I mean, like, I think that's even that touches a little bit on the point I made earlier of like, like sometimes you got to downgrade the deck for your meta, and right. like, I think that. You keep fiddling with the deck, and sure, like it'll go up and down in power level. And I think mm -hmm. that the thing you want to focus on is like not necessarily like like you're saying it makes the deck better, which is absolutely true, right? Because what we're saying is it's not making it more competitive, it's not making it more mm -hmm. honed, it, it none of that. It's making it better because it is making your experience with the deck and the table's experience a better experience because either you're having more fun. Or the table's having more fun, right. or I mean, it's this this you're making the deck do deck, yeah, uh, and that's an important thing. I think that uh, a lot of people gloss over that, where it's like, all right, like I gotta just keep honing in on like I gotta make I gotta put uh, Jewel Lotus in here because it, you know, it's it's right because it's crawned. the next best thing, uh, <laughs> you know, or I I need a mana crypt in here because right. that's better ramp than the worst piece of artifact ramp that i have in the deck yeah uh, go down that route if you want uh that's you know i would you know take a long look at your meta and determine if that's something that your meta can tolerate um because you do not want to create an arms race in your in your group uh because then you it, it turns into an imbalance yeah and it, it just makes it makes the decks it makes games much much harder to deal with um but i mean there's nothing saying that nicer lands isn't an upgrade mm. just simply you know swapping out your basics for a nicer basic is still an upgrade to the deck swapping out your guild gates for even the ones that just you know they come in you gain a life like sure they're they're small things that end up making the game more of a game than you know a mission to be the right. first one done i think i think that uh that that succinctly gets to my final point of uh well i guess two things one we've talked about this plenty of times this episode yeah don't just tinker and tinker and tinker because then you never know if the deck is doing like you we have no grasp on what the deck's doing so like play a bunch of games with the deck before you make 
any changes. Yeah. Unless you know for certain that it is not doing the thing because right. you built it wrong. Um, let it let it settle. Shuffle up, play. Shuffle mm-hmm. up, play. Shuffle up, play. And obviously, you know, you and I, we average a game and a half per week. <laughs> I say a game and a half because last week we had a game, a single game, that lasted four hours. That may not be your meta out there, but uh, we had a blast for the most part. Yeah. Uh, that's what we do. Uh, we sit around, we eat pizza, we play magic. Now, it is hard to sit there and look at that deck sitting on the shelf being like, I just want to change this thing or this thing or this thing. Yeah. And maybe you're just waiting on cards from in the mail to put in. Yep. Then, yeah, sure, put those in. But to just change a card or two out here and there between each single game is too much. But I think that that lends itself to what we've also been saying all along is that if you don't need to change your deck, don't change it. If it is doing exactly what you want it to do, if it is playing nicely with the table, if you are enjoying the play experience of playing that deck within your playgroup or wherever you normally play it, Keep it, keep it right. as it is. You, you don't need to have this yeah. anxiety about, oh God, I, there's a new set. I got to figure out what cards from it I got to put in. It, it, it leads to, I mean, it leads to burnout, honestly, um, which is a weird thing to say about building decks. But like, you know, I know plenty of people who have a dozen decks. I have probably coming up on a dozen decks. And to just keep that in mind at all times is hard. To think about, oh, like there's this new, there's this new uh, sword that came mm-hmm. out in Eldraine, and you know, I just bought two Ember Cleaves finally. Uh, yeah. But like to to constantly be like finding those like specific cards, whether it's you know Radio Sentinel, or like you could have just as easily not seen it at all, and well sometimes that's okay like if you're yeah if your deck is having issues then upgrade right if it's not well consider leaving it alone i built nissa vastwood seer <laughs> back when nissa vastwood seer came out i think it was within within a year of it having come out came out in origins yeah i, I don't know what i, I think i think i may have made two upgrades okay since then um i, I would argue that at this point the deck probably could use a freshening up, mm. uh, but it still runs just fine. Yeah, it's it still it still sets up nicely. It it does what the deck does, and it can manage other things reasonably well. And yeah, for our meta, it's still plenty good. Oh yeah. So, uh, so that's a deck that hasn't seen in, that really. It, there's no reason to upgrade this deck other than, you know. I want I want to mess with it or swap something out with something else just so that's a new card, but I'm not really upping the power level at all. Yeah. So, I for the longest time one of my first decks I guess I think it was my second deck was Drana Liberator Malakir. Yeah. It was my mono black vampires deck. That's right. all it did. Yeah. It put out vampires, which put out more vampires, and I would gain a bunch of life and put a bunch of plus one plus one counters on things, and that was the gist of the deck. Right, and I didn't change it for the longest time. I, I maybe like whenever like I 
found like a random black card here and there like if i had it i'd throw it in didn't really think too much about the upgrading thing and for the most part that deck stayed the same throughout mm-hmm. its lifetime uh because every once in a while i'd go back to it and i'd have a blast playing it right and then crimson vow came out and i was like all right there's a lot of vampires here i should probably consider drana but then i realized at that point i hadn't played drawn in maybe a year so i was like you know what i'll take it apart i'll, yeah. I'll have the list somewhere i, I think i have it mm-hmm. on architect somewhere i'll take it apart i'll put the cards back into my collection or i'll build another mono black deck i'll play that for a bit see how i'm doing there and then upgrade that maybe here and there mm-hmm. um but for the most part like that deck is no longer because i wasn't having fun with it and it was more than just a few cards right um it was just i it was never the thing that i was pulling out of my bag yeah um, and i i think that that is yeah I so mean, it just wasn't your bag anymore yeah you're welcome thank you you're welcome um and uh yeah hey it it's it's always so deck specific you know it's like the deck either does a thing for the longest time and then you become dissatisfied with it so yeah. you take it apart or you upgrade yeah um but i think that learning to just play with it let it do deck uh as long as it's doing deck i think that like you don't like if you're looking for reasons to upgrade it then maybe let it settle for a bit that's all we're saying anything else uh, I'm just saying that if anybody's playing the drinking game with uh, and using sexual innuendo, uh, I want to apologize right now because I know that you can't hear us anymore. I'm gonna I'm gonna bring it back full circle and uh, right. don't Google that. <laughs> <laughs> uh, <laughs> anyway, uh, believe it or not, we're Temple of a False Spot. Uh, we're decks not optimized, but our plays sure as heck are fun. I'm Andy. I am Bruce. Uh, go, go, go play with your decks. Uh, Keep it going. <laughs> and may your fifth <laughs> land be the temple. Bye! Wait, wait. Before you go, I uh, just wanted to say thank you for listening. You can reach out to us via email at falsepodmtg at gmail.com or on Twitter at falsepodmtg. Bruce is at manaburned and I'm at andyweekend, though you'll definitely notice I use the podcast Twitter far more often. Now that we've got you here, make sure you subscribe, like, rate us on uh, whatever podcast platform you use. It helps us out. It gets us more reach. Subscribe to us on our YouTube channel. Uh, Like a video there. Leave some comments for more casual enjoyment. Thank you so much for listening. We'll be back with some more timeless discussions about all things casual. So come hang out, and may your fifth land be the temple. Bye-bye. Should I do my best, Bruce? Bye!